Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they're like, they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work Jacob. Uh, You're professional now, big uh, professional guy. Episode 86 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast, coming up next. What's up, guys? Episode 86 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast. How's everyone doing? doing I was going to see if I let, yeah, I waited for a sec. I usually I usually jump the gun and shoot doesn't get to talk. But, uh, you know, good to be here, man. Like a I always say it, another week, another good time to hang out with the fellas, For uh, sure. talk some baseball, draft, drafts coming up. So got some cool stuff to talk about, uh, cool, cool people to talk to. So I'm pumped. And yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you guys might not recognize that voice. I just wanted to just segue, really interrupting segue into, you know, before we get started with our podcast preview, you know, we got to introduce that unknown vo- voice that you guys might not recognize our valuable member and recurring guest usually isn't here. So whenever he does make an appearance, it's always a special day for us as a team. Uh, Andrew Gillen, my former teammate, current friend and co-host, would you like the honors of formally introducing our recurring guest real quick? Yes, I would love to. I would love to formally introduce my friend, our recurring guest, who made time in his schedule today, Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert. Hello, yes. sir. You also now you can baseball. You can you can finally talk now. Uh, thank you, Ben. What, what did you say, real quick? I didn't hear that. He, he's also a coach. He coaches baseball. Gil mentioned yes. that, but I wanted to emphasize that. You know, really hammer that nail. Okay, so yeah. So you're, you're fine. Just, later. No, you're fine. I just didn't hear you. Uh, but no, man, I'm, I'm doing great. Like Ben, you just said episode 86. Uh, it's just crazy to think we've done 86 episodes. Good. I've been here for probably 81. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love being here every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday night, whenever, whenever we decide to do this show and let's get it rolling. Yeah. You don't, you don't even know the day cause you're never here. Well, we changed a lot. So mm. it's cool too, because I mean, we've mentioned this on previous episodes, but I'm pretty sure episode 33 was the last one we did in studio. So, you know, over 50 now out of studio Jeez. online it's it's getting up there you know we're and we've been consistent in 2020 don't want to you know humble brag i guess but we have yeah. not missed a week in 2020 like every well ben me and you have at least one episode yeah correct correct oh, shut up even sure when he, even when he has work and you know we have an important interview he still makes it you know a priority oh. to at least show up for part of it so listen here's what i'm gonna say huge shout hey, out to my co-host shout out part of my take I'm going to shout them out right now, friends of the show. Hank took a vacation and wasn't on the show. Yeah, they, but Hank they didn't say he was going to – Hank didn't say he was going to be on the show. I and they tried. Nah, did you, though? 
Uh, all right, let's just get into the preview. Yeah, didn't even bring your equipment down to Florida. How are you? Yes, getting- I did. Yeah. Yes, I did because I, I got my I got my bag searched. I got my bag searched because I thought it was – so I had the three bottles of Chick-fil-A sauce that I bought in Florida. I left them in my carry-on bag. And uh, so when they searched when they searched my bag, they, they, they pulled it over to search. I, uh, I was like, what, the, what, what could be in there that they're searching? Like, I have my laptop, my, my microphone, the headphones. Oh, I just like, totally forgot about the three I, bottles like of Chick-fil-A sauce you bought. I completely forgot about the three bottles of 16-ounce Chick-fil-A sauce in my backpack. And yeah, I remember when I, I remember my first pickup, my first purchase of Chick-fil-A sauce. You should have saw the security guard's face when he pulled out like three bottles of Chick-fil-A sauce. He was like dumbfounded. But, yeah, he was like, oh, wait, you're a podcaster? Uh, I'll, yeah. let, I'll let this one slide. Yes. <laughs> I, can, I can tell by looking at you. You look like you could take a punch. Um, All right, so before we get into our podcast preview, this is actually a historic day for the Division Three Finals podcast. We do have a quick legitimate ad read. If you miss baseball and you're not quite committed to staying up until 5 a.m. to check out the Korean Baseball League, we have some good news for you. Our very own recurring guest, Connor Perry, has set up a collegiate summer baseball league for the best of the best in the Pittsburgh area to compete. Various MLB guys like Josh Bell, Derek Law, and others will be helping out as coaches slash mentors. They already have a play-by-play guy. This is going to be a very competitive league and professional league that players, fans, and coaches should all be pumped about. If you're interested in watching or following the action, follow at AAB League on Twitter. That's AAB League. We'll put that link in our podcast description below. And you can always reach out to Connor himself at C underscore Perry 33 on Twitter. And he's verified on Instagram, huge flex. That's at C dot Perry five. So again, huge shout out to Connor for setting this all up. You know, we have a sports podcast. It's been a while since we've talked about sports. We're dying to get back into some of those normal conversations and hopefully we'll have some, Division three's finest branding around the stadium. So, and maybe some interviews with some of those guys in the league as well. Uh, so make sure to check that out. But back to the podcast preview, Gil, my friend and co-host, a little different podcast for you guys today, a little throwback to the golden days. We have both interviews combined in the same episode, but let's start with Nick's interview. That's the first one we'll be uh, revealing, I guess. Gil, what were some of your thoughts on our interview with Nick Garcia? Um, just honestly, it was just cool to have, uh, you know, we got, we were able to get a guy, uh, going into the draft, which is, you know, I mean, as cool as it is to get some of these like minor league guys, you know, not to take anything away from them, just a new perspective on um, kind of the other side of the fence. It's a, you know, it's a small fence, but it's kind of, you could, I don't know. I felt, you know, I guess it's not like either good or bad, but just in talking to these guys, maybe their perspectives, their outlooks on things like, you know, it's, it's definitely different. You know, they're, they're nervous, optimistic, like, you know, kind of, they don't really know what to expect on it, you know, not that I would know, but just through talking to, you know, some of the guys in the minor leagues and some like these two guys looking just to get uh, drafted. That's something I felt was just a difference in kind of their mindsets about the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Which is to be expected, I guess Uh, a lot more excitement and build up for these guys, especially in the next, uh, next couple of days. So uh, it was cool to get, it was cool to get that new perspective and just kind of feel their excitement. For sure. And I guess one of my main takeaways, sorry for cutting you off, Shub, you know, you're a recurring guest, so sometimes you got to wait to give your take. But I guess my main takeaway from Nick's inter- interview is how casual he was about kind of his transformation. So like for his freshman year, he was a two-way player mainly. I think he, well, he came in as a two-way player and just played third and didn't pitch. And then sophomore year, he's best pitcher in the country and like, you know, most outstanding player of the College World Series. And he just 
sounds so casual about that transformation. He's like, oh, this happened, this happened. And then, you know, all of a sudden I was just putting up these huge numbers. You'd think that there'd be some kind of crazy story or mental breakthrough or something like that. But just just to hear how level-headed he was about that whole process and how confident he is, you know, was one of my main takeaways from the interview for sure. Sorry, Shub, for cutting you off. You're fine. No, I mean, uh, I really enjoyed talking to Nick. Uh, he's a great, great interview. Um, he's awesome. He's a very confident guy. Uh, and I think that really helped him a lot in his career. I think it's going to help him going forward. Like he, he trusts his work ethic. And I think that's one, one reason why, you know, we're, we're going to see his name hopefully called in these next three days. So I'm, it's a really good interview and I'm glad we got to talk to him. Enjoyed our rapid fire questions too. I think he was pretty funny during some of those questions as well. We brought, Oh yeah brought out a couple new questions some new tricks if you will so hopefully you guys enjoy that section of the podcast for sure it's awesome all right i think you know we can move on to austin's part of the interview as well so austin smith another it's cool that we had the top two d3 prospects going to the mlb draft i think that's you know cool to kind yeah, of make that progression definitely. as a podcast i guess i i can start with some of my notes from austin super chill guy really funny laid back yeah. And another thing that he mentioned on, you know, his interview was the more people watching him, the better he kind of did. Like he's real relaxed, real laid back. And that I don't think you can do that if you're kind of stiff and, you know, nervous mm-hmm. to be able to perform better when there's tons of pressure on you. And that made for a good interview as well to kind of have that laid back personality as well. He had a lot of good stories as well. Just, you know, really good interview that I'm really happy with personally. Yeah, you know, uh, my favorite story from the whole interview was how he how he got to where he is now. You know, as a you know, he talks about kind of a spoiler. He talks about he was you know JV hero, starting third baseman for his JV team's junior year, and then you know back up and starting first baseman senior year, and then to now now be you know going to be chance to be drafted in this uh, this year's draft. I mean, that's kind of like a it's a, this is a unique story and like not a story we always get to hear. And then I just think with both these guys, I just think, you know, getting a chance to talk to two of the guys that are going to be in the, one of the most unconventional MLB drafts with it being five rounds this year instead of 40, I think it's going to be, you know, cool to see how, how this draft goes. And it was cool to hear, you know, their, their input and, you know, how, how much information they are getting, if they are getting any about how this year's draft's going to go. So I think that was good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Austin's a great guy to talk to him. I really enjoyed talking to him too. Yeah, uh, you guys both brought up a couple points. Shub, just that was a good one. I guess something I, you know, didn't even really think about. You know, this is kind of a historic draft. Um, so to talk to guys who are, you know, living it out, um, I think that's part of what, what's so fun about getting their their uh, feedback. And and Ben, you kind of touched on it um, with Nick, but you know, Austin has kind of a similar story too, where you know it wasn't really was never really a pitcher. And then so, and I think that's crazy about both these guys to have not been just like pitching for like, that's all they did. And then now right. to be the, the two top like prospects, like that's just so crazy. But yeah, I think like you said, is his, uh, his attitude towards baseball was kind of cool too. Just like we asked him a question basically about like his goal with baseball. And it was like, it was like simple, but like kind of, you know, not like super profound, but like it was just, hey, this beats the hell out of, you know, anything else I could be doing and, and that kind of being his motivation. Um, and I think it plays into what you said, Ben, with him being, you know, more laid back. I think he has a pretty good understanding of, like, not to discredit any of the work he's done, but, you know, he at the end of the day, he ain't like, 
keeping in perspective, it is a game that he's getting about to be getting paid to play um, and just, you know, having a good awareness of or appreciation, I guess, for it. I think, you know, that was you, that kind of came across in his interview. So I thought that was good. It's one thing that made me feel personally about the both interviews was that me and these two guys are like senior years of high school were essentially in similar spots and they ended up where they are. And now I, here I am podcasting, try to sell the ads and try to eventually make money on this podcast. So, that out. Yeah, we'll definitely believe that out. But yeah, just, I guess for me to spin zone, I was just a couple, you know, bounces away from being one of those guys. Exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah. A couple ounces, okay. in, a couple bounces in 15 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> More than that. <laughs> you guys got anything else? No, I, just, I really hope we get to, you know, hear these guys' names get called or tweet yeah, we'll out on draft I can't wait to break. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. to break the, the news, be the first podcast after draft tracker to break their getting drafted. Oh, yeah. It'll be awesome. Um, so I think that's all we got for our episode preview. Um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy our interviews with two of Division Three's finest and this year's MLB draft prospects, Nick Garcia and Austin Smith. Ben, we're going to need that air horn. Poor favor. A few moments later. Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's the 70th best ranked prospect in the MLB draft, according to MLB.com, friends of the program. And also when you have a podcast called Division Three's Finest and you have someone on the show that was named the D3 College World Series Most Outstanding Player at Chapman, it really doesn't get much better than that. So Nick Garcia, thank you for joining us on the podcast. First question, I know we're slowly getting things back to normal, but how's quarantine life going for you? And we asked Coach Lattery this on the podcast as well, because according to our background research, your coach at Chapman has like a second or third hand connection to Reggie Jackson. So, you know, when do you think we can get Reggie Jackson on the podcast? That one might be a little tough. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I had to throw it out there though. Maybe with that attitude. Just if you ever run, if you ever run into him, you know, just drop a drop a good word for us. Yeah, I'll drop you guys. Okay, that that works. Um, no, quarantine's been. He probably right. already listens, so he'll, he'll know. Yeah, no, I've actually I was down in uh, Southern California for most of this time, um, just living at my house down there. We have a nice little at home gym, just been working out uh, with my roommates, and then actually this past week I drove up. Uh, I live in the Bay Area, so I just came home uh, and spend this week with my family and stuff, and. Uh, just do that basically cool yeah so you know first big time journalism question here you know ben mentioned our podcast name at the top uh but the theme of that name division three's finest originates from us being you know former but obviously uh, very elite division three athletes who have since retired and taken our talents to the podcast game you know but like most d3 guys it wasn't about going pro it was more just like about enjoying the game with your teammates and, you know trying to play as long as we could and, you know, now, now you're not like most Division three baseball players. You know, not too many guys get drafted from D3 in general, especially this year, you know, with the draft only being five rounds and you're projected to go in the one of the first three. But just real quick, and we'll get into your story and further into your baseball background later in the show, but just give us a quick intro on yourself and maybe some quick background before your time at Chapman. Yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area, uh, went to Sarah High School up here in San Mateo, kind of produced athletes. Um, I mean, it's home of Tom Brady, Barry Bonds, Lynn Swan. Uh, so we kind of, um, you always, when you're there, it's an all-guys school, so you're competing every day. Um, and then ended up not having too many opportunities out of high school. 
for whatever reasons. And Chapman just really fit the bill of what I was looking for in a place that I could develop. And I mean, not much better of a history of a baseball program you could get at that level than there. Um, and the coaches, Laverty and uh, Dave Edwards, our pitching coach, I mean, some of the best you can ask for um, to help you get where you want, whether uh, your goal is to win a national championship, to move on to the next level. They do a fantastic job of doing either or there. All right, so we've been doing this recently with our guests, and you know a ton of other podcasts out there. you got to try uh, everything to kind of stand out from the crowd. So just to kind of loosen things up a little bit, um, before we get into your draft process and background at Chapman, uh, we're going to do some quick uh, rapid-fire questions. Um, so they're going to be a little lighter, um, you know, not maybe your typical interview questions, but basically just looking for quick answers. Um, obviously, if something comes up and you have a side story, uh, feel free to expand. Um, but you ready to get going? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Do you have crazy baseball superstitions? And if not, what's the weirdest one that you've seen from a teammate? I'm not very superstitious. I'm pretty orientated on what I like to do on game day. But superstition-wise, I've seen guys take pre-workout right before and at bat. Um, oh, wow. Like just the straight powder? Yeah, just straight powder. And that's just – it's kind of weird, but – Yeah, it's definitely, definitely weird. weird. Maybe a little something at the plate locks them in a little bit better. So I guess. Does it even kick in that fast? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think you don't it, think about I mean, that. I think they tried it once and it worked. So it was uh, as it most, was, yeah, as most superstitions are. Saturday doubleheaders too, man. I mean, got got to have something to keep you going. I, I guess I can relate to that. We put it like that. You got to do what you can do. Yeah, if you're putting up numbers, like yeah, whatever it takes. I won't ask questions. Um, so, what is the longest bus ride that you've ever been on your career at Chapman, and what is your go-to gas station snack? Our longest one was probably every year we travel down to Tucson, and that's about eight hours. That's straight hell. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was year, we were about an hour and a half into the trip, and the bus, some light went off on the bus, so we pulled over and had to wait for another bus to come pick us up. Uh, yeah. That was pretty rough. And then this year, actually, we were finished up our Sunday morning game, and we got back on the bus at, like, one to drive back. A, the showers were closed, so none of us showered. Mm. Um, and B there was a bug going around the team that whole week and guys were like uh, missing games. They were in the bathroom, just sick. And our starter starting pitcher from that Sunday game actually was got sick as soon as he got on the bus. And that whole entire bus ride home was just, you put, we put a little quarantine group of all the sick guys in the back and then everybody else was just trying as like everybody found as much Purell or whatever they could to just cover their face, hands, everything. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So that, those were two interesting bus rides that I've had. Um, and then go-to snack <sighs> could be Chex Mix. Definitely is a quality one. Um, if I'm going to go with the candy, Super it's probably going to be Reese's. Yeah, so if I'm going to go something snacky or if I want something sugary, I'll go Reese's. That's a good pick for sure. Okay, so next one. In and out or five guys? I'll go in and out. Okay, a little hesitation. I, I'll take that, though. I'm not a huge what? fan of either. I'm not going to lie. That's right. Hey, that's also, yeah, respectable also. So when were you the most nervous during a baseball game or throwing in front of scouts? I'd say that national championship game, that, or the first game of the national champ, uh, when we got to, the, to Cedar Rapids last year. Just none of us had been in that experience before, and it's kind mm-hmm. of just like a, that, oh, like, yeah. 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 And then as soon as you kind of got your first outing under your belt, luckily I threw in – that first game um, against Washington and Jefferson and closed it out. And then as soon as you, you got past that one, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, yeah. 
this is this is not a just yeah so so what's your ultimate goal in baseball besides just reaching the big leagues like is there anything like a smaller like personal goal that you'd be looking to hit um statistically i mean i don't really think i mean the big goal i mean is taking steps right now and um from here hopefully the draft everything works out in the next couple of days and from there i'm just going to continually just take every moment and try to win it um big leagues is obviously the main goal i mean i want to make it there as fast as i can i want to have a long career where i have success um and i can really help a team win a world series and a championship and bring a championship to a city and so i mean along that way you can have that's the main goal obviously and yeah. i've won a lot in my career and i feel like i can bring that to a place and a culture like that but um there's a lot of steps you need to take in order to get to somewhere like that sure that's a pretty good answer actually so currently what pitches do you have in your arsenal and are you looking to add any pitches moving forward? That's something that I've been working a lot on. I mean, um, being a closer that first year at Chapman to the starting this year, I've I've mixed a lot of stuff, developed a lot of stuff. So whether it's cutting the fastball, letting it play four seam, sinking it, um, developing the slider off my cutter this year is on the curveball, and then developing the change up, which I didn't use too much in college, but those are all things that I've, been playing with trying to figure out what's best for me, what works for me, but that's, I love tinkering with stuff. I love figuring stuff out, um, adding it to the arsenal. Up at the end of the day, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to dominate with my stuff and that's all I'm going to stick to. Gotcha. So what is the first thing that you're going to buy with your signing bonus, whatever that amount ends up being? Yeah. I haven't really thought about that too much. I oh, just, come on. I'm a pretty big golf guy and I know okay. I played with a buddy with one of those like, the trackers that tells you how far out you are. And that was a game changer for me. Cause okay. you put me like 150 in. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty solid with wedge, but without it, the other day I played without it and I was lost on the course. Cause I was just <laughs> a little shorter long. So I think the main purchase I need in order to succeed on the golf course is a rent. It's like a finding my distances. So I think that's going to be the very first thing I need. I think it's not too expensive and I feel like it's sure. You can a nice little addition. Yeah. It's rationable. It's, yeah. it's, huge for the golf game too so i got you hey there you go that it sounds like you have been thinking about it a little bit is all i'm gonna say um in a perfect world what team are you hoping drafts you tomorrow or thursday that uh i don't care i just want the any of them <laughs> just no, one of them I, I can't really pick one whatever whoever takes me i'm thankful for the sure. i'm just gonna work so at the end of the interview we're doing a segment called fantasy bs where we're going to draft the best Knicks of all time. But for you personally, what do you think you have to accomplish in professional baseball to be on that exclusive list of all-time Knicks? I feel like just continually working. I mean, that's all I can really control is that. And I pride myself on it as my work ethic. And the results will come when they come. And I'm just going to stick by that and continually just keep doing what I've done to get where I am. And hopefully that keeps pushing me forward and just never really be satisfied with where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, you could throw like five no-hitters. Like, that would probably be pretty good. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, I mean, just to give you something to shoot for there, I think you okay. could probably hit that. <laughs> so, last week, a clip of your coach at Chapman, Coach Laverty, went viral on Barstool. Um, and we can have that clip on our Instagram tomorrow so everyone can know what we're talking about. But have you guys been talking clip in group chats? And do you think Coach Laverty uh, personally knows he went viral last week? Yeah, so that happened last year. That was the interview post the Super Regional, I think. And I was actually on the other side of him. So okay. in the video, you actually heard him refer to me. He says, like, as Gar said, because I just literally, I just said what he tried to repeat but messed up. Yeah. I don't know how you mess it up like that. I just, I, I guess it was on his mind. I don't know. 
but yeah. we've been sitting on that gold mine for a while now. Um, and it was an ex player now. Nobody really wanted to wear it being a player at China. Right. It was an ex player decided to throw it out there, and we knew it was going to blow up. I mean, it was too good to. Uh, yeah, that was that was a moment that I think he's gonna he's gonna hold on to. And yes, he wore it good. He definitely sure. he came and he he stuck by his guns there, and he played it off. And then I actually texted him a couple of days after it started to go get pretty big on whatever it was on TikTok and then Instagram and stuff. I texted him <laughs> no, just to make sure. And he was he was having fun with it. So I think he enjoyed the spotlight actually. There you go. Yeah, a little fifteen minutes there. Um, last couple questions. Uh, what's the weirdest question you've gotten from either a scout or something strange you've seen on a questionnaire during your draft process? That's a, um, if you don't have a good one, I have a good one for you right after this. Um, not, I haven't really been hit with too many difficult, like super weird ones. I mean, just your pretty usual okay. stuff. What do you got? All right. Well, so we saw something similar on Pat McAfee's podcast, but it was an NFL, uh, prospect and it was basically you're in a room with your quarterbacks coach offensive coordinator and uh head coach and you have to punch one of them in the face who do you punch in the face so on that note we're on a zoom call so you can see us we've you got a chance to talk to us for a sec uh who would you punch in the face out of us three mm, that's no hard feelings just let it rip i know there was a gut reaction when i asked you that i'm just gonna say you based off the facial hair damn okay <laughs> Damn, that's fine. That's fine. That's I think uh, is that, that's either my first or second. That's your pick, second. So okay. we each have two. So that's pretty, that's pretty good, good, I guess. Yeah. It's, Super, I, honestly, congrats for not getting picked so far. I, not not as many times as I would have thought. Yeah, it's only been one time for because I hadn't spoke yet. Thanks. And one time was like, yeah, you was like you played football. It was like a good yeah. thing. And I'm just gonna go shave after the show, I guess. <laughs> Um, so, all right, um, let's get back to some of the more conventional questions. So, you know, we do our research here at the Division Three Spines podcast. That's just what we do. Um, so we know going into Chapman, you were kind of a two-way guy, even though your freshman year, you mainly just played third. Gil personally kind of knows a little bit of that struggle, um, maybe not playing both ways like you kind of thought you would. But when did when during that transition to like full-time pitching, you know, when did that start? And we've mentioned Coach Laverty, and when we had him on the podcast, he pinpointed like a certain – appearance when he thought you kind of had like a moment and he was like all right you know this kid has a chance to be special but personally for you did you have any kind of those moments when you're making that transition yeah I mean it was all kind of a blur looking back at it I mean I'd thrown I think 12 or 14 innings out of high school uh came in as a two-way guy and he kind of said earn that job at third so I did my best to work my ass off over there ended up playing like half the year turns out three the our three weekend guys that year are all in pro base we're all in pro baseball uh, for a while there. So, I mean, um, it was a good call on their part to kind of let me settle down and um, get my work done. But then sophomore year came around and finally I was like, all right, like, let me get my shot. And it kind of took a week of trying to be a two-way and just the grind of doing a lot of that stuff kind of hit. And we kind of just came to the agreement that me working off the mound was going to be best for the team, um, best for me, because I had so much ability there. And that whole fall was a lot of working, a lot of figuring things out, tinkering, and just getting that base feel on the mound. Um, and then come to that spring, I think that first outing I had, um, we were in uh, Tucson, and I my first time I ever came in was like bases loaded. Um, and I think I struck out two guys, or the, I struck out the side to finish the game off. And from there, it was kind of just like 
six, I just kept on each outing with success. And the next day I threw three innings of shutout baseball. And then um, the velo started to pick out week, pick up week to week. And I just kept on challenging myself. All right, how much more do I got this week? Um, just adding one more mile an hour each week than two, then jumping three. And then just purely coming down to that mindset that I was going to go out there and dominate teams. And I shortened games from nine innings to seven innings. And I knew when I was going out there that the game was over. And by the end of the year, it felt like the other team was almost like, all right, we've, we've played seven innings. We don't have the lead. It's over. And so it kind of just all built up that year. And the, as soon as the confidence started to build for me, it was kind of, I knew the work ethic was there. I'd put everything into it. Um, kept on pushing myself week in, week out, and kind of just really got to a point where I felt um, like really undefeatable on the mound. Sure. And that's kind of something I was just about to ask you. But the second, the follow up question to that was, you know, did you ever, was like going pro kind of something on your mind like during all this? Or was it like, was there a moment where you kind of like realized it was a possibility? Yeah. I mean, I'd seen so many guys come through Chapman and end up in pro baseball. I knew if I put myself in a position that it was going to be a possibility. And, as things started to grow for me that year and stuff started to peak for me, it became more of a uh, rationalization. I mean, the pitching coach kind of told me early on that his belief with me is if I got where I should be, um, there was no doubt. And then it just became challenging myself to challenge myself to be, all right, how great can I be at this? How far can I put myself in a position come junior year to, to rise up the draft boards? And um, not compare myself to the guys at Division Three, Division Two, uh, or Division One level. I wanted to be one of the best pitchers in the country um, in all of college this year, and so that was kind of my mindset. And the more I could continually just challenge myself and keep pushing myself, the more I wanted to do that. And this might be a stupid question, but you know, I mean, you mentioned like all this dominance. We looked at some of your stats: zero point six four ERA. 82 strikeouts in 56 innings like did it ever get boring out there just being like you know all right, this guy's gonna strike out like you know there's not got boring dominating so much after a while mm. yeah there's times where it just as a who I was facing some teams it was like the adrenaline wasn't there as much. I loved coming into games with bases loaded I loved coming in where I had to set the tone and absolutely take everything out of a team and there was games when I came in we were up by three and it was the bottom of the order and I say yeah this isn't as much fun. So I mean, right. never was I like, oh, this is going to be easier. This isn't fun. But there's definitely moments that you kind of are sitting there waiting for your chance to get out there and absolutely take somebody's head off and de just destroy a team. But like, it never, you never lose that will to want to absolutely go out there and just win for that, everything you can. Right. That's fair. Yeah. So just following up on that, you know, we know it's cliche, but it's easy for scouts to kind of read those numbers and be like, oh, it's just division three baseball. He's not facing top level competition. But in some of your draft draft reports, it mentions you played in the Cape Cod League last summer and performed fairly well there to kind of, you know, cement your status as a legitimate draft prospect. So just talk to us about your draft stock overall this past year. Is it accurate to say like that the Cape Cod League helped you at all? Or do you think scouts have kind of just focused more on your role? From, last, from your performance last year, plus making another stride this year pitching as well in like a starting role? I definitely think the Cape played a huge um, part of everything that's kind of happened to me is that out there I kind of had to prove myself and that this wasn't me, a fluke of me having success. Um, I developed a lot out there given the opportunity in Orleans. Um, I know a lot of Division Three guys, that's, it's the pinnacle of what you could ever accomplish. Um, and given that opportunity and going out there is huge for me because it allowed me to compete against the best of 
college baseball. And so having some success out there, learning and growing and becoming more confident, especially after a long first season at Chapman with all those innings under my arm and that postseason run, made me learn a lot about myself. It helped me a lot with learning to become a pitcher and stuff. And then um, that moving into the stuff that I adjusted and really developed into in the spring this year. I mean, I felt like it took so many strides in so many directions and this spring from where I've been at and that I think it's all part of comes together and where I'm at now, but I definitely think each piece plays another important part in where I'm at. For sure. And obviously we mentioned you guys won a national championship last year and you guys were off to a fast start this year. So personally for you and the team, we can only imagine how tough it was for you to hear the news when COVID-19 canceled your season. And you touched on it, on it a little bit at the top, but just talk to us more about quarantine, how's, what your team was like, and how's the situation kind of impacted your draft process overall? Yeah, I mean, uh, nobody nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody's been in this situation before. I mean, those, it was just weird being that the last start I ever had was like two days before on a Monday. And it was just like, honestly, I mean, I ended with my last career outing was, um, couldn't be more blessed to have all the outings I had that year compared to a lot of other guys that high schoolers that didn't play at all or guys that only got two starts or played 10 games in the year. And so, I mean, very blessed from that standpoint to be given the opportunity that we did this year. Um, and definitely it hurts the most not to be able to repeat. That's kind of something we set out to is we wanted to be a special group, my class, and we wanted to change, we wanted to build on the culture of Chapman, getting it back to uh, where it had been for such a long time and going back to back would have been something extremely special. And I felt like the team we had this year was extremely talented, young in some areas, but um, it would have been really cool to see how they developed and, uh, how far we could have pushed ourselves again because having that experience of being in the World C World Series and everything is huge going back there and having an advantage. So um, that really hurts not to be able to do that. But those guys at Chapman, they're such a group, great group of guys returning and all the confidence in the world. And I can't wait to see what Coach Laverty does in the future there and what they do. And I mean, the whole draft process has just been adjusted to a lot of virtual stuff, which has been they it was they were teams are learning just as fast as I was luckily I'm a little more tech savvy than some of the older guys that are working computers so um, it wasn't too big of a deal for me but you just got to do what you got to do and that's pretty much how the past two three months have gone is just taking meetings and talking to people and I mean can't really do much baseball so and how specifically was that process for you like are you sending videos to teams or are you talking to teams almost you know like every other day or something what, what more went into that process it's a lot. It's been a lot more for me of uh, talking every almost every single day. Yeah. Uh, on Zoom calls, on phone calls, it's a lot of going back and forth and just meeting new people, talking to new people, just so they I mean um, kind of know who I am. I'm not just a division right. kid that comes out there and throws a ball. And I want, and that's something that they had to learn about me, and that's why I feel like something that's very special about me. So, just going through all of that has been a different type of experience too. Um, finally getting used to it by now. Uh, but it's definitely just been a lot of that so far. Okay. Um, and we know you can't really talk about draft, uh, draft specifics and we won't push you too hard on it. Um, but we're hoping for just two hints here on your purple destination in the next two days. Uh, one West coast, East coast or middle of the country. If you had to pick out of those three very broad areas, where did you, where do you think you'll land? That's so hard because as, as you mean, you, you know, and you've probably heard is that this year's draft is so unusual. Right. Um, honestly, if I had any clue 
I, I, I would tell, but I have absolutely no clue. And I, I trust me, if I, I wish I knew more information. I wish I knew what was really going on. And I mean, wherever I end up, I'm going to be grateful for it. But I just hope it all unravels the way that I hope it can, but I can't control much. And so I'm just going to sit here and try to distract myself for the next 48 hours and sure. just get through those days and just be happy at the end of it that all the work I've put in paid off. Gotcha. Well, and so we kind of have a hint ourselves, big research guys, like Ben said. Um, so right now MLB.com has you ranked as the 70th best prospect in the draft and a certain team that rhymes with the St. Louis Bardinals uh, just happens to own the 70th, 70th pick. Um, so is that maybe you can like blink once or twice if they've like, if you, you think you might end up there, who knows? Um, but you can definitely plead the fifth. It sounds like you kind of gave us all you already have. Yeah, no, I, I wish I had more information. And information comes in every couple of minutes now. So, I mean, I wish, I honestly wish I had, I knew more because if I did, I'd be a lot more probably comfortable and happy. But this year's draft's a little bit different. So, for sure, do what I can to keep my mind off things and really just take in every moment I can because it's such a special time. And I know 10, 15 years from now, looking back, this will be such a special a special day and I don't want to really mistake um with my family and my friends and everyone enjoy that that process and this experience yeah so the last question we have before we get into some fantasy bs you know obviously tomorrow and Thursday are both important days regarding the future of your baseball career uh but overall what are your thoughts going into the into the draft like you said you wish you had more information are you nervous are you stressed what's it like being Nick Garcia at this point of time yeah no I think every guy right now that's looking uh that's on the boards uh, is nervous. You can't be. I mean, everybody wants to know that where they're going. Um, I mean, I just can't wait to be in an organization and um, have a new goal to set forward and move upon. It's been a couple of weird months now having really knowing that my time at Chapman's pretty much up and just, I can't wait to have and be in an organization, allow uh, myself to see how far I can get in it. So I mean, that's pretty much all I'm waiting for. And obviously you're going to be nervous. You're going to be excited. It's, it's a mixture of both. I mean, you got to be excited for the time that I'm in and um, definitely comes with a lot of nerves though. All right. So I think we're ready for fantasy BS. Um, this week's fantasy BS is brought to you by the AAB collegiate league run by recurring guest Connor Perry. If you're interested in watching some high level college baseball this summer, check out at AAB league on Twitter for more details. Um, today's fantasy BS topic in honor of our guest, Nick Garcia, uh, will be doing a fantasy draft of the best Knicks of all time. We'll be doing three picks each. Our guest, Nick, will have the first pick. Coach Jacob, the bald Schubert, also my friend, has the second pick. Uh, I'll be going third. And last but not least, my friend and co-host, Benjamin Gavlik, uh, will have the last pick. Uh, he will have back-to-back, -back, though. It is a snake draft to kind of even the playing field. But, Nick, whenever you're ready, you can get us started. Best Knicks of all time. And it is in sports, right? It could be anywhere. Anything. Yeah, anything. Just anyone with the name Nick. All time. I'm going to go with Nick Saban. Ooh, that's a great pick. Wow. That is a good one. That was my first pick. So, very great pick. Um, I'm going to go with Nicolas Cage. I think he's one of the most you know, known actors of, uh, of all time. So, Nicolas Cage. Incredible pick, Sheep. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, so, my first pick, I'm going to go um, Nick Jonas. Okay, Joe's brother. Yeah. It's a good pick there. 
I didn't know you're a Jonas Brothers guy, but I guess I, I mean maybe not. He's a pretty famous, pretty famous Nick though, and that's the that was the point of the draft. It's not what yeah. I'm. Yeah, that's that's true. It's a good point. It's not me here. All right, so I got two picks here uh, back to back. It is a snake draft. I'm gonna go with Nick Offerman first, uh, Swanson from Parks and Rec. We'll bleep out uh, that Schubert yeah. right there. And then my next pick, big Fortnite guy. I'm gonna go with Nick L30, Fortnite streamer. <laughs> is that your? Is that the sleeper you said you yeah, had? Yeah, that was definitely my sleeper. Okay. Yeah, I think you could have. We could have gone ten rounds, yeah. and you could have gotten away with that. I would that never one. have taken that. <laughs> um, all right, so back to me. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Big Dick Nick. Nick Foles. So, okay. There you go. Yes, sir. That's kind of a steal, I think, in the second. Game. That is. That is a steal. Uh, that was be my next pick, actually. I'm gonna go with Nick Cannon. Ah, oh, oh, that's a good one. Said, we just flip flopped there. That was yeah. what I thought I was gonna get away with. All right, Nick, you got a back-to-back picks here now. I think first, a huge Niner fan, so I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Ooh. Good that's a good one. That's definitely a good pick. And you know what? I'm a big golfer, too. I'll go with Nick Faldo. Hey, there you go. I don't know if too many listeners are going to know that name, but he's definitely <laughs> one of the best. I'm a big golf guy person. Yeah, you and, you and Ben are – yeah. I went to the driving range twice, and I got it, so I'm, I'm right with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, third driving range sessions when you learn about Nick Falden. Yeah, <laughs> he'll probably be there, uh, hopefully. All right, so my last pick, I'm going to go with Swaggy P, Nick Young. That's a good one. That's Ooh. a good one. The way this has been going, that was when I was, like, hanging on for dear life. I was like, please, God, like, no one take this. I guess I got to go. This one's a little more, I guess maybe a little more locally famous, but uh, Nick Swisher because he's from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So got to go. I'll, I'll, I'll sneak that one in the third. All right, so my last pick here, I can go a lot of different directions. Um, oh, sick brag, bro. I mean, I think I just, I just have to pander. I'm going to go Nick Calhoun. Oh, oh no way. Uh, I messed up. You yeah, messed that's, up. that's not that's good for a me. Uh, <laughs> Nick, yeah, he's, one of, he's a reoccurring guest on the show as well. Shout out, friend of the show. Um, that's a sneaker pick for sure. All right, do you guys have uh, any honorable mentions? I have one. This is hard enough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's my only one. Um, Nick, you're not going to know him. He's from Bethany. Nick Metz. Shout out. <laughs> Friends of the program. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out. I guess uh, I, I have two, I guess. Nick uh, Swartzen, he's the guy that eats sunblock and bench warmers, the actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a guy that could have made this list. And Nick Batum, not that great at basketball, but he's made a lot of money. He's got a lot of ridiculous contracts. So, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, you can aspire to – you can respect that for sure. All right, Nick, I found – I, I was looking for the list. I just want, to, I want you guys to know I found Nick Faldo on the <laughs> list of famous Knicks. He's okay. pretty far down. <laughs> Nick, do you have any other names for us? Uh, Nick Garcia, of course. Yeah. Honorable mention number one. Give that a couple of years, but yeah. hopefully we'll get there someday. But, you know, I think that's all we have for Fantasy BS. Nick, last thing we have before we let you go. Uh, but we do this every week with anyone that has ties to D3 baseball. Um, we've had some awesome D3 stories the past few weeks, but does anything come to mind for you personally when we mentioned best D3 stories, specifically anything funny or crazy that happened at Chapman that you could never imagine happening at the D1 level? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's at every Division three school, but travel's always a little different. Yeah. And this year we traveled to play at East Texas Baptist, uh, which is like on the border of Texas and Louisiana. Uh, 
and we had like a, I think we had like a four a.m. bus to get to the airport, which Yikes. was awesome. And then we had a layover, I think, in Dallas. Um, we finally, finally get to Shreveport. Uh, land in Shreveport, waiting. Uh, we all deboard the plane, get our bags. We're all waiting there. Um, and this was just an iconic moment for my, I don't know, I think for the guys in general, it's just kind of like a, like a jaw dropping, like what? Because we were walking to, we finally get, we got vans. We didn't have a bus. And so we're walking through the parking lot and looking for the vans. Everybody's like looking and looking like there's no vans here. And the pitching coach was driving the van house and he like honks the horn of like the button he had. And we proceeded to stroll out of that parking lot in six Ram minivans. <laughs> which our stuff was packed so tightly and you it was incredible it was just like so d3 what happened anywhere else yeah no like we weren't these weren't like regular vans we were driving around in legit minivans yeah for the whole trip i just thought that was extremely division three yeah absolutely that was a good one that's probably one of the that's probably one of the better ones i've heard yeah it was coach we got there though that's all you can say we got there we saw in one piece Yep. All right, Nick. I think that's all we have for the podcast. You know, thank you again for joining us. I know these next two days are going to be a little stressful and hopefully exciting for you. And we're wishing you the best of luck. And we'll be there. You know, retweeting and yeah, doing whatever we can to spread awareness whenever you know your name is picked. I was going to say we're going to. I, I want to try and be the first like Twitter account to tweet it, like outside of the draft tracker, of course, but like the first one to break the news. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate the time. Awesome. No, thank you, guys. A few moments later. Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. Last year, he was the SCAC Pitcher of the Year at Southwestern. And, oh, he actually throws 99 miles per hour as well. So, fingers crossed, this podcast could feature two D3 guys that both end up being selected in the next two days in the MLB draft. But, Austin Smith, thank you for joining us on the podcast. First question, I know things are kind of you know, slowly getting back to normal, but how's quarantine life treating you? And we struggled finding, trying to find like a big name for this intro, but if our background research is right, it looks like former Red Sox pitcher and World Series champion Mike Timlin attended Southwestern as well. So, you know, when do you think we can get Timlin on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know about that one. Last time I talked to him was at our alumni game, which was okay. Nice. coronavirus. That's cool. You actually got to meet him though. Yeah, it is. He, he wouldn't, like the alumni were supposed to wear pinstripes, and he refused to wear pinstripes, so he was the only alumni not uh, not wearing the pinstripes. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, but regarding like how my life's been with coronavirus, I mean, I just fish a lot. I have a pond in my property out here in Leander, Texas, and uh, I play a lot of video games, playing some Warzone. Yeah. We nice. Like, oh, there you there go. go. Oh yeah. Anything else besides Warzone, or is that the one you've been focusing on recently? Ben's a, Ben's a Fortnite guy. He wants you to say that. <laughs> I mean, I used to play Fortnite before they updated it and ruined the game, in my opinion. It's just, yeah. it's just too much for me now. But I play Madden, too. But okay, I, like I kind of stick to playing solos in Madden because those dudes on Madden are crazy good. I'm just not about that. Yeah, I'm with I, you on that. I probably should have quit, night, quit Fortnite months ago, but I've been just hanging on with you know, the crowd. And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it was a good game. I, I admit it. I, I used to play it a lot, but I just can't anymore. I uninstalled it a few weeks ago. I hear you. Oh, oh that's wow. real. You're serious. No, I'm serious. I'm done with it. Done. <laughs> all right, Well, all right. So our first big time journalism question here. Uh, you know, the theme of our podcast name, Division Three Spine, this comes from us being former, yet obviously, you know, elite level Division Three athletes who have since retired. You know, segued into the podcasting game where we are also elite. 
Um, but like most Division three guys, it wasn't really about going pro. It was more about just trying to play the game as long as we could and trying to win some baseball games. Um, now, you're not mo like most Division three guys. You know, our former head coach, shout out, would freak out if he heard anyone in their conference touch 90 or even 85 or 80. Uh, and here you're casually flirting with triple digits on the radar, and hopefully we'll hear your name taken sometime in the next two days for the draft. But just real quick, and we'll get into your story and further into your baseball story later in the show, uh, but just give us a quick intro on yourself and maybe some quick background before your time at Southwestern. Yeah, so I went to Cedar Park High School, which is about 30 minutes away from Southwestern, I'd say. But uh, I was never a pitcher at Cedar Park. I was, I was a JV hero as a junior. I was our starting third baseman on JV. And uh, when I finally made it to varsity my senior year, I was the backup third baseman and starting first baseman, which I ended up winning defense player of the year my senior year as a first baseman. Hey. I don't know how that works out, but uh, there you go. I, I did. But Southwestern came to one of our practices in like late March because they were trying to pick up like some last minute recruits to fill their fill their roster spots. And they saw me playing third base and I was throwing the ball across the field. And I've always naturally thrown hard. And they came up to me after practice like, son, do you ever, do you ever pitch? I said, nope, not at all. I'm, I'm not a pitcher. I'm just a third baseman. He was like, well, I'd like to have you out for a bullpen later tonight if you're down. I said, of course I'm down. Why not? Because I didn't have any, any scholarships or, I mean, we don't get scholarships with D3, but any yeah. offers to play at the next level. And um, I ended up throwing like 84, 85. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that plays here at D3. Like, we'll take yeah. it. We can, we, can, we can work with that. So I ended up going to Southwestern. I ended up actually winning the starting third baseman spot out at Southwestern as a freshman. And long story short, I wasn't a very good hitter. So at the end <laughs> of the year, I was a 218 batting average type of guy. And Coach Bunch, our head coach, came up to me and this I was a reliever and closer at that time too I was like I threw I think 40 innings but um he came up to me right before our conference tournament and goes uh I don't think you're a very good hitter but I think you're a pretty good pitcher so I think you should focus only on being a pitcher so that's kind of where my PO life kind of took off and then my sophomore year I just focused all on pitching and I think I just learned mechanics and whatnot and I finally figured out how to throw hard and then like you said this summer I was running it up uh high nines so yeah, just just casually sitting around there, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing this recently with our guests, uh, you know, tons of other podcasts out there. You got to try everything, stand out uh, from the bunch. So to loosen things up a little bit, um, before we get into your draft process and your background at Southwestern, uh, we're going to do some quick rapid fire questions. Um, so a little lighter, not really, you know, kind of baseball related, not super serious though. Um, so go. if you have a side story, go feel free to, you know, get into it. But you know, just kind of the first thing that pops in your mind, whatever. Uh, quick answer. So, you ready to go? Uh, we'll see what we got. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing too crazy. All right. Um, um, so, what's the weirdest question you've ever gotten from either a scout or something strange you've seen on a questionnaire during the draft process? Okay. So I, I already know instantly. So, at the end, I was meeting with a scout. And at the end of, like, our interview and he was talking to me, he pulled out a little tiny tape measure out of his, out of his pocket. And I was like – what is, what is this? And he took measurements from the top of my middle finger to the bottom of my hand, from my elbow to my forearm, and then he put the tape measure around my thigh. And I was like, if you don't mind me asking, though, what is this for? Like, I've never been a part of this at all. Yeah. And they said it's to see it's to see how much growth I still have in me. So I've <laughs> okay. never seen that, but yeah, it was weird. You can now truly measure potential. I I, I got that. Yeah, I was gonna that was gonna be my my follow up question was like, they didn't 
they didn't really tell you what they were doing. They just started measuring. They just started measuring yeah. your arms yeah. and stuff. And I, and I had Cody Bunch in there too, and he was he was just like taken back by it. We were all like, "This yeah. is weird." But then he totally normal to them, I guess. Yeah, it was normal to them. That's funny. Uh, like a previous interview from it was the guy was his name was Drew Fisher. So he talked about his minor league experience, and he told us like a similar thing with a scout came up to him. And they were in a coffee shop. Like, I think he was sitting next to some girls he knew from college. And he just pulled up the tape measure, started measuring, like, his wrists and stuff like that. The yeah. girls were like, what the hell's going on here? So, yeah, pretty pretty funny experience. So, it's funny that you mentioned that as well. It's weird. Yeah. So, on a similar note, um, we saw a, you know, kind of similar question asked on the Pat McAfee show. You know, shout out, friends of the show. Um, but he asked uh, an NFL prospect, last qu- like, the similar question, what was the weirdest one he got? And it was essentially you have your quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, and head coach in the room with you. Like, who would you punch in the face out of those three? You have to punch one. So along the same vein, you can see us, us three podcasters, uh, all in the room together, the virtual room, so to speak. Uh, you have to punch one of us in the face. Damn. Put me on the spot. All right. Let, yeah. Let's see. I don't, I don't know what to base it off of here. Well, you're, you're – all you're, where you land in the draft falls with this, so it's pretty cool. I'm going to go with Jacob because he looks like he can take a punch. Hey, Dang, yeah. that's twice now. Got that. <laughs> that's, that's the same. He's gotten that two times that uh, he got picked because they thought he could take it. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like that. So me and Ben are actually both getting flamed for we can't take the punch. I see <laughs> yeah, how it is. Sorry, I don't want to get hit, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so – Kill f- Mary. Uh, we'll bleep that out. But feel free to just rank them uh, one, two, three. If you know you want to keep it family friendly, we don't care. Uh, we got a great producer who will who will bleep that out. But um, so brisket, ribs, and pulled pork. All right, pulled pork is gone. I don't like that. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. Texas boy, I don't like it though. I don't. I don't no know hesitation about it. But uh, all right, all right. What were the other two? Ribs and what was the other one? He was just so taken aback by pulled pork. He was yeah, just like, no, dumb. Yeah, brisket and ribs. Brisket. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'd marry ribs. Okay. And then I'll I'll do the other to the to the. I gotcha. <laughs> Try and true. What's, the, what's the turnoff to pulled pork? Yeah, what's so wrong with pulled pork? I don't know. I in high school we used to get it for like pre games, and I think you just sit around for a while, and uh, I don't know. Just I, it had to be like PTSD from high school meals before games. That That's just, fair. Just yeah, that'll do it. for for us. It's Golden Corral. Because we yeah. go and corral every day in Florida for th- four years in a row. So that's yeah, our PTSD. Great. So I feel that. Yeah, I haven't been to Golden Corral in a while. So. <laughs> You're not missing out. Lucky you. Um, so do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? Uh, and if you don't, uh, what's the weirdest one you might have seen from a teammate? Uh, well, I can do weirdest one from a teammate is he actually got in trouble for this because our, it was making our coach mad. But it was this year, it, he was a transfer into uh, – this kid would get – if he – we had a pitch – he had a pitch at like 6 o'clock. He would get to the field, and I kid you not, at 8 a.m. And I'd be like – I'd showed up in the locker room one day before his, before uh, he pitched. And it was like 10.30. I was stopping by before class picking something up. And I was like – and he's just sitting there like his big headphones on just looking down. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, I pitched today. Like going like full psychopath mode. And I was like, yeah. bro, you have problems. And then he – I mean, I love the kid to death, but uh, and then our coach was like, "That's weird." Yeah, you're not doing that no more. You get to show up two hours before you pitch, and that's it. Like, you don't, don't be coming down to the field in the morning. I don't want to see you down here. Yeah, trying. you got other yeah. stuff to do, man. Yeah, I mean, me, I'm more of a laid back pitcher. I mean, I go out there, I do my job, but 
I, I just like to listen. Like I listen to loud and heavy. That's my, uh, that's my pitching song. That's okay. There you go. So I listen to that before I take foot on the mound, but that's about it. That's all I, I guess get, get in the mode. Yep. Um, so we kind of got, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but have you touched triple digits in any of your bowl? Yeah. Yet? And uh, if not, is that something that oh, you have? Okay. Never mind. You haven't hit it. Like, no, re- I, I have. I, I actually did last week. I hit okay. a guard at 101. So. Wow. Yeah, was that like a? I mean, was that like the first time, or or is it something you're kind of able to? I don't. I mean, I don't. Obviously, I don't expect like consistently, but yeah. is it something you can kind of rear back and and pull out every once in a while? Well, the first time I hit a hundred was so I went to the Northwoods last summer and I got invited to the prospect game and I my bullpen before I left for the prospect game, I hit a hundred point three and we use Rapsodo at Southwestern. That's all we use. And uh, I hit 100.3. And then last week we had PBR come out to try to get me some publicity uh, for the draft, just to get my name out there. You know, coming from D3, it's going to be tough. And right. our season getting cut short. So we got PBR out there to record one of my bullpens. And I ended up hitting 100.7 on the rap Soto. And it was like a 98.8 on the hit tracks because that's what they use. But mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go off rap Soto with the, 100. yeah, the higher one, the sure. highest one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, real quick, just to touch off that, sorry, yo. No, you're good. Sorry. You're good. What was it like, you know, hitting 100 the first time? Like, what was, like, your reaction? Were you like, so, just, oh, yeah, I did that? Or, like, were you like, excuse my words, like, were you like, yeah? Well, so the first time that I hit 100 is the summer before the prospect game. I was in there just throwing my bullpen, and it was at, like, a workout facility. So there's a bunch of kids in there and people my age. And, like, I threw one, and it hit 98. And my pitching coach was like, nah, like, that can't be right. Like, throw another one. It was 98 again. He's like, and then he pulled out the, the radar gun, the actual, the stalker. And he's like, all right, throw it again. So then I hit 99 on the rap soda, 99 on the stalker. He's like, okay, this is legit. And I just kind of kept climbing. And as people kept crowding around me, I was like getting the adrenaline. I was like, yeah. oh, damn, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to hit 100. And then I ended up ripping 100.3. And I'm just like, I'm the type of player that I pitch better when people are watching me. Like all yeah. my games that I pitch the best at, there's been scouts at. That's just how I am. I don't know what it is, but they don't question it, man. That's a good thing to have going yes. for you. Definitely yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be worse. It could be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I gotcha. So do you, uh, currently what pitches do you have in your arsenal? And like, are you looking, are there any specifically you might be looking to add uh, as you move forward? So I obviously throw fastball and then I go, that's good. That's a good start. I go, I go curveball and slider, which I'm trying to, what I'm personally working on with the sliders, I'm trying to get that to 86, 87 range. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, if I could throw a hundred, I should be able to throw a slider 86. Right. Yeah. But, and then my favorite pitch that I added last year was I started throwing the splitter. I can't throw a change up for some reason. Okay. I either throw it really hard or I spike the hell out of it. Yeah. I got you. There. So I, I changed it to a splitter when that's been pretty gross for me. And I've been loving that pitch. That's probably my favorite secondary pitch to throw. There you uh, go. What about knuckleball? Any thoughts on that? <laughs> no thoughts on the knuckleball. I, I don't like it. Like I, people throw like the spike curve and stuff, but putting your hands together like to throw the knuckleball and knuckle curve, I, nah, I don't like it on my fingers. I used to mess around with it though when I was little. I think everyone, yeah, I think that was the one thing I, almost every baseball player has tried is like throw a knuckleball. But I, that's I was just like you and just I did like the first couple ones. I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yet. Yeah, I'm never gonna get this. I mean, I'd rather throw fuzz. So yeah, I think that's something. I think that's something you got to look into, though. I had a guy, at, uh, like a creative, your own player in the show, who threw 100 with a knuckleball. It was a pretty nasty combination. So oh, yeah, that, that would be gross. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> it was, had pretty good stats in the show. I don't know if it would work out in real life, but <laughs> we're down the show. Yeah, probably not. It's more of like an old man's pitch. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll get her to it one day. Uh, yeah, just keep it in the back pocket. That it's like a, it's a long game. You just know you have that coming. Of course. When you, when you decide to throw a knuckleball, can you let us yeah, know? We'll, we'll announce it. Yeah, credit <laughs> us. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Post game interview. I'll give you all a shout out. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, according to our research, there are several other Austin Smiths uh, oh. in professional baseball. The most prominent one being a second rounder currently in the Padres organization. Mm-hmm. But for you personally, what do you think you have to do? to be the best Austin of all time. I mean, yeah, I'll give it to you. I have pretty much the most generic name you can get. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, my dad's name is Brian Smith, too. And okay. Christina Smith. Those are my parents' names. Keep it simple, though. There's something to be said about that. It's nice I know, and easy. I, I, my name would stand out for sure if it was, like, Chip or Steel. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. For me, I know, like, Chris Paddock, because Chris Paddock went to my high school, so I know him, and he works out, and he ha- he's the sheriff. And uh, okay. he, got, he got a new lion tattoo here on his forearm. But I've been thinking – I've been running some ideas through my head, but I don't know. I just cannot figure one out. I, I want to get something that's like a like a call to fame, you know, like a name to fame. Like okay. he has the sheriff. And that's something I'm, I'm working on, trying to figure out. But right now I have no idea. It'll come. It'll be one of those things that just kind of comes naturally. Yeah, of course. You'll know, you'll know when you see it. Mm-hmm. We can brainstorm with our fan base as well, see if they got any ideas. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, so – in a perfect world, what team are you hoping drafts you or picks you up tomorrow or Thursday? Honestly, any team. I, yeah. I could so care that, less. Well, I figured that was what you were going to say, but I figured yeah, I, I could care less. I, I just want to be drafted, and I, I think I, I should be drafted. I mean, I, I'm coming from a D3, and I, my season got cut short, so I know that's not in my favor, but I right. think I have all the other tools, and I have Rapsodo data that proves that I should be going in those top five rounds. So we're right. optimistic at this point. Yeah. Hell yeah. We agree with you. Um, Appreciate it. So would you rather have $20,000 right now or a million followers on your Twitter account? If I'd rather have 20 what? $20,000 right now or a million followers on your Twitter account? Ah, $20,000. I could, I could care less oh, about social media. Could, hey, am I getting some am ad I get, in there? Am I getting that's paid? 20 easy. Am I going to get paid? Well, you don't get paid just by default, but you could. You could just go be like, hey, I have a million followers pay me twenty thousand dollars for an ad i guess i could do that maybe that'd be more efficient in the long run all right i'll, I'll change my got, but then you gotta run no. ads. there you go so I they, and know. then now you can we can we can split that a little bit you know it helps you out oh, there yeah, advise you yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go i like how that works um so you know besides like the cliche answer of you know making it to the to the big leagues what's mm-hmm. like a personal goal you have in baseball like anything maybe you know smaller scale that uh you might be trying to hit well, small. Well, this is how I've always thought about it. So, playing baseball, I mean, who wants a who wants a nine to five job every day, five days a week when you Not can me. play a sport? So, that's been one of my motivations growing up, and I, I that's still my motivation today. Is I'm pretty sure everybody in the world would choose to play a sport or a game for sure. a living compared to a desk job or pushing papers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that's one of my motivations is I want to play as long as possible and as long as uh, as long as I can to uh, see how far I can get with baseball before I have to start doing yeah. real life stuff. Before you start throwing a knuckleball. Yeah, before I start throwing the knuckleball. And then yeah, I got you. Hopefully um, by that time I can retire. Don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, so last one. Um, what is the longest bus ride you've ever been on during your career at Southwestern? And what's your go-to gas station snack? Ooh, longest bus ride. We normally stay in Texas, but we go to Centenary, which is in Louisiana. I think that's like six hours, but – I'm a big Reese's guy, so I'm going to go with the Reese's for sure. 
And then I love sweet tea, so I'll get I'll get one of those canned sweet tea that they, oh, they yeah. put out. So I'll go sweet tea with some Reese's. Puffs. I got you. That's a good that's a good combo there. Unless it's a QT, yeah. then I'll grab a Mountain Dew or not Mountain Dew, a Coca Cola Slush. Those are my favorite okay. too. Yeah, of both of those. Oh yeah. All right. So getting back to some of the more I guess conventional questions, so we can dig deeper into your baseball background. But you know, just doing our personal research and digging deeper into some of your stats and accomplishments. You know, you mentioned your first year you played kind of both ways and probably did better as a pitcher. And that's why, you know, the next year you went full time to pitching. And then that next year was really the breakout year for you. Um, it looks like, you know, you just maybe focusing on pitching and that's what helped to be more impressive for you. And I had a hard time believing this statistic, but it says you struck out 110 guys in just 11 appearances. So just really stupid stuff. Um, and obviously we mentioned you won conference pitcher of the year earlier in your intro. But personally for you, I guess, what went into your development as a ball player and how were you able to kind of make that leap that next year as a pitcher? Uh, I mean, as my freshman year being a two-way guy, I mean, I'm, I'm splitting the difference. I'm focusing on hitting, fielding, and trying to pitch at the same time. Right. And I think, I think me, like, single-handedly just going to pitching, then that's where my head was going. I could just come to the field every day. I can – I only have to be there for two hours a day to do whatever I need to do, go lift, go do my throwing compared to being a fielder, I have to be out there all practice for eight hours. So I think along with me just focusing only on pitching, that helped me a lot. And then freshman year, I was also 6'2", 170 pounds, and now I'm 6'4", 200 pounds. Okay. So I think with yeah, that, that weight, that, that helped with my velo, along with actually learning how to pitch through my pitching coach instead of just yeah. getting up there and falling down the mountain and throwing. Um, so that's kind of gets into my question a little bit. Um, just getting in more into your velocity. So, you know, we've seen some clips on Twitter. We've talked about it. Um, last one on Twitter, uh, you throw 98.8 to be exact. So my question is, you know, it's pretty cool, right? Like how cool is it to be able to throw that hard? And then second, since we, you kind of already talked about it on a general level, but what did that look like? The progression you said you came in kind of when they gave you that, uh, you know, that bullpen, you were throwing like 85 or whatever, but what did that like actually look like? I mean, 13, you know, 15 miles an hour is like no joke. So, you know, what was that kind of progression of being able to throw those upper 90s? What that Uh, looked like? Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty cool feeling because, you know, a lot of people can't do that. And yeah. And I'm honestly blessed to say I can be able to do that because I know people work really hard to try to accomplish that and do all that. And I've, I mean, I've worked hard too, and I've naturally had the strong arm, which just, just helps me. But, uh, to jump 15 miles per hour, I mean, looking back at my – if I can go back and tell myself freshman year Southwestern, like, hey, you're going to be going in the draft and you're going to be throwing 98 to 100 by yeah. in two years, I'd be like, yeah, okay, for sure, bro. Right. But, uh, I, I mean, it's just crazy, the progression. I mean, I've focused – I've worked hard to to get myself and my body in the best position as possible. And, I mean, it's just – it's cool to be seen it all play out. Yeah. For sure. And getting more into your draft process, you know, obviously Ben mentioned you had an awesome junior year and I'm sure that's when you kind of started to figure out that you might have a professional baseball career ahead of you. Uh, But when did you personally first kind of realize going pro is a real possibility? You know, another tweet we saw back in January, uh, 28 scouts came out to watch you throw a bullpen. What was that experience like? And, you know, going, you know, you said a little earlier that, you know, when you had more scouts there, you pitched well. So I'm assuming you pitched well there. Yeah. So, I mean, getting to that, my sophomore year, um, my pitching coach would tell me, like, oh, there's a few scouts here. It'd, it'd be like one or two a game, pretty much all season long. And then I ended up getting working my way into the Northwoods, and I think that's really when it took off for most people because I'm going against kids from 
Vandy, Texas, USC, UCLA, all these big D1s from across the nation. And I'm still out there doing what I do. And I'm, I'm shoving against kids. And I'm able to throw it 96. I mean, 96 is 96 at any level. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, going, going from there, from the Northwoods back to Southwestern is when all the scouts kind of were like, oh, uh, yeah, this kid, this kid can do it. So they started – that's when they started flooding in. And I didn't pitch in the fall because I had 110 innings as my first year as a pitcher. So, oh, wow. You're so, so fresh, I, I took, though. I took all fall off. And then so my first bullpen back, all the scouts were like, hey, we want to come out there and see him. And then good thing they did because then our season got cut short because of COVID. Right. So. Yes, that's true. And just touching up on that, you know, how has this COVID-19 situation kind of impacted your draft process? Like, do you think – missing out your senior year kind of hurt you going forward and how often are you talking to scouts and maybe sending videos to different teams? So, I mean, yeah, it took, it, I mean, I'd be lying to say it wouldn't take a toll. It, it took a pretty big toll on me uh, because like I said, not pitching in the fall, like that's where a lot of kids got seen. And so I was relying heavily on the spring to, to get seen and work my way into as high draft pick as I can get. But before the season, I was already projected to go top 10 rounds and then them cutting the draft to five rounds from 40 right kind of crazy and but I, I mean I, I put my head down I just kept working hard and there's an MLB portal that you're allowed to post like you get invited to and you're allowed to post your bullpens and your videos too so that's kind of what I've been doing just keep every bullpen I throw I upload and put on there and scouts will see that and scouting directors will see that and then just hoping for the best at that point yeah, just keep on keeping on yep um so another reason why this uh COVID situation situation sucks because as a result like you said the draft has been significantly reduced from the usual 40 rounds to five rounds um, hurting everybody's draft chances really unless you know you're kind of a lock in the first two rounds mm-hmm. um, but what's your personal expectations like going into these next two days um, and if you don't get drafted uh, what's the process like for you after that um, considering the new 20k rule that teams you know can sign an unlimited amount of players that weren't drafted yeah so I mean, I'm anxious for sure. And I mean, I'm nervous too. I, I, I want to get drafted. I've been working hard to get drafted. And, uh, but I'm going to have my family, my loved ones around me. But at this point, there's, I did everything I could do. I had PBR out. I Hell hit yeah. 98.8 like they saw, but I've, I've done everything I can at this point. So I've just been sitting around for a week or two now, just waiting to see how things are going to play yeah. out, which trust me, it, it takes a toll. I'm sitting here like, come on, come on, come on, come on. No, right? no doubt. Yeah. I, I know that's how I'm going to be the, these next two days, just, just waiting and hopefully getting the call and uh regarding the 20k thing which is crazy to me i i mean i still got my extra year eligibility at southwestern so i still have junior and senior year left technically but i i don't even like thinking about that side right now i'm focusing on the draft and we haven't even really explored that route because it's just it's a different route than we all expected. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, once we, once we like put this out, you know, we get, we get you some buzz going on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You, you'll be all right. They'll, you'll be fine. They'll get you probably real quick. All right. <laughs> we know you probably can't really talk about draft specifics and we won't push you too hard on this, but we're hoping for just a small hint here on your possible destination in the next two days. Um, are we thinking West coast, East coast or middle of the country? And if you had to pick out of those three very broad areas, where do you think you'll land? Uh, to be honest, I have, like, I have no, I, no idea. I know teams have shown their interest and stuff, but personally, if I had to pick, I don't like the cold. So I'd like to avoid the cold in all areas. So if I mean, I got to pick, I'd prefer the West Coast over the East Coast. But once again, I ain't going to complain. I mean, if the New York Yankees call my name in the fifth round, see ya. I'm going, yeah, going to no New doubt. York. <laughs> 
I guess digging a little deeper into the process, like, do you have an agent? Like, have you guys been talking a little bit about the draft and different possibilities with that? Yeah. So I have a advisor. Okay. Um, so he's, he helps us throughout the way. And like, he's kind of, he tell he's kind of guiding me what to do. And at this point it's, he told me that he advises I should just be quiet and just see how things play out and don't, and don't be talking numbers with, with other teams because I mean teams are going to call and they're going to try to get as much can as they like as much information as they can out of you right before the draft see if you can slip up because they're they're trying to they're trying to do their jobs too so I mean I'm making it hard for them because I want to get drafted so right exactly but yeah it's all it's all like a giant game of chess to be honest yeah it's crazy I can't even imagine I mean you've talked a little bit but is it mainly just stress or is it nerves like what is it going like what is it like being Austin Smith going into you know tomorrow being the MLB draft I mean I wouldn't say I'm stressed but I'm definitely nervous okay for sure because I mean mm-hmm. I know I know personally how much hard work I put in to to be in this position I am right now and I mean it'd be it'd be lovely to see it all all worth it here in the next few days but right. I mean even if it's not I'm going to continue to do what I can do and there's always next year and just see how things keep playing. But I mean, I'm not going to stop. That's for sure. I'd rather play baseball. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, all right. So I think we're ready for fantasy BS. Uh, this week's fantasy BS is brought to you by the AAB collegiate league run by our very own recurring guest, Connor Perry. This is our third ad, by the way, Connor, we hope you're listening and we hope you have some huge D three's finest billboards in store for us. But if you're interested in watching some high caliber baseball this summer, check out AAB league on Twitter for more details. Today's fantasy BS topic in honor of our guest, Austin, we'll be doing a fantasy draft of the best Smiths of all time. Uh, we thought about doing the best Austins of all time, but when doing our research, Austin Rivers came up as the, <laughs> as one of the best Austins of all time. Uh, so we know that would be a tough draft for us to pull off, you know, if he's making it up there uh, on the list. So we're doing three picks each. Uh, our guest, Austin, will have the first pick. I'll be going second. And my friend and fellow co-host, Ben Gavlik, will have the third pick. Uh, last but not least, uh, also my friend, uh, most importantly, our podcast reoccurring guest, Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert, will have the last pick. Uh, it is a snake draft, though. Uh, people forget. Uh, so, Austin, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. Uh, with the first pick in my selection, I would like to choose Stephen A. Smith as my first overall pick. Oh, dude, that is a good one. I can't believe I didn't have that, actually. I was taking that first round. I'm, so sad I. I'm very sad. That's a good one. No, that's a good one. So, so um, I guess, obviously, I think I have to take it. Um, my first pick, I'm going to go Will Smith. Yeah, I think he, you have he to. Was, I, I thought he was going to be the number one overall. That's Stephen A. Thought. Smith is the only one that I could, like, like I'm actually not, like, that's okay that he beat Will Smith. <laughs> I was hoping Stephen A. was going to fall to me at three, but that's, you know. That's tough. It, it, it's a draft, so you, you never know what you're yeah, going to get. That's right. Yeah. People forget about that part. So my first pick here, you know, this is a sports podcast, probably the best sports Smith out there, um, Emmett Smith. I'm going to have to go with Emmett Smith. Oh, okay. All right, Shubi, you got back-to-back picks here. Ooh. Oh, this is kind of tough now. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with Kurtwood Smith for my first-round pick. He played Red Foreman on that 70s show. That's, so that's what I take first. I like that one. There and you go. with my second pick, I'm going to go with J.R. Smith. Oh, okay. You took that's my tough. second pick. Yeah, that's tough that you did that. All right. I'm between two guys here. I mean, I guess sticking with sports, I'm going to go with Ozzy Smith. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's one. That was on my list, I was debating too. between him and JR, so that's a good yeah. one, done. One of my favorite shortstops of all time. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> um, right, yeah, so a couple of mine just got taken. Um, I'm going to have to go – all right, so, yeah, those – I'm kind of mad. But, anyway, I guess I'll go – I'll go Dennis Smith Jr., stay on the sports theme. Okay. Didn't even have him. He's All right, Austin, you have a back-to-back picks here. This is harder than you'd think for it being Smith. Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to interrupt you, but you would think – like, I hear Smith, and I was like, all right, this is like – oh, this yeah, would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so my second pick, I'm a lifelong Bronco fan, so I'm going to go with Rod Smith. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm a big football guy, so I love the NFL. And then I'm going to go with Bruce Smith as my third pick. Okay, okay nice. There's a, yeah, I had, I had a couple NFL guys. I have a couple NFL guys sitting on my list, but no, nah, I don't know if I can – Take them. Uh, Gil, you got your last pick here. I don't know. Um, all right. I don't know. This this might not be our crowd's favorite, but in terms of just like most famous, I'm gonna go Sam Smith. Okay. Singer. Singer. Yes. I had him on my list too. Okay. I, I think that's a good one. I think people won't appreciate this, but to get him in the third round, I think is pretty good. He's pretty famous. Yeah. All right. So my last pick here, I actually. Didn't think he was going to last this long. I know Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. Mm. See, I, I couldn't take another Smith family member after yeah, being Will. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I feel that. I, I, once, you get, once you take Will Smith, the whole family's done. Like, you know, you had, you had Jada Pinkett Smith on here. Can't take her. You know, right. none of them. That's fair. Well, I'm glad I ended up with Jaden. So, right, my, my last pick, and Gil, I, I don't know if you were going to have this. If you don't, I'm kind of disappointed in you. Let me see if it, uh, oh, go yeah. Heisman quarterback winner from The Ohio State University, Troy Smith, is my last pick. I had that as one of my honorable mentions, considering he's really only famous to Ohio State fans. He won Heisman. Exactly. It's like State. saying Joe Burrow is only famous to LSU. I mean, I guess, man, but – it's just how I see it. I don't know. That's why I didn't make my draft. Out of, who I had to, <laughs> out of who I had left, he was my most famous. Okay, that. there you go. See, I can. I guess I can get behind that. That's why he was on my honorable mentions. I knew for sure. I guess I respect it because when I wrote him down, I was like, if I pick him, things have gotten really bad. Yeah. All right, you guys got any honorable mentions? Oh, uh, mine got taken. I'm bummed out about J.R. Smith. Oh, I wanted him. Alex. I wanted him and his handy on my team. There you go. Bad beat. Al- Alex Smith. Uh, People forget he set up Patrick Mahomes for. His and then the, these were that these were the NFL guys I had. There's there's Steve, Steve Smith and then also Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People forget Geno Smith was a stud at West Virginia until he punched somebody in the face or got punched in the face. Sorry. Uh, Lovey uh, Smith as well, coaching. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. He did do that. He did. Lost to the Colts. Shout out Peyton Manning, friend of the show. <laughs> I have a Dean Smith as well. He's a UNC legend. Uh, if we were, if this draft was like probably 30 years ago or something, he would have definitely been a pick, but we're just, oh, little, we're a little yeah. too young for that, I guess. Yeah, sure, I have, for sure. Josh Smith as well. Big NBA guy. Okay. People forget yeah. he was a stud with the Hawks. Yeah, people forget, man. People be people, sleeping. People forget. Uh, the last person I have uh, for honorable mention, because you guys have all named them all. Uh, I worked with him with the Giants. Uh, when I was at the Giants, uh, Lee Smith, Cubs pitcher, Probably doesn't remember me, but I definitely washed his clothes when I was a clubhouse guy for the Giants. Shout out, so shout out Lee. Lee Smith, my guy in front of the show. Shout, um, out, shout out Schubert as well for being really good at clean clothes. Yes, clean clothes. one yes. of the best people. People did say he's one of the best. People forget. This is my last one. I can't shoot. This is actually, I think this was Shub inspired, um, but Mr. Smith from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it could have been a little sleeper there. Could have snuck in on the third pick if I, if I needed him. Hey, there you go.
Um, okay, I think that's all we have for Fantasy BS Austin. Last thing we have before we let you go, but we do this every week with anyone that has ties with D3 baseball. Um, we've all had some, we've had some awesome D3 stories the past couple of weeks, but does anything come to mind for you personally when we mention you know, best D3 stories, specifically anything f- funny or crazy that happened at Southwestern that you could never imagine happening at the D1 level? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I have countless stories, but uh, two that stick out, I mean, two that stick out pretty well to me is uh, my freshman year on our way to our conference tournament game, we ended up being an hour late to our game because our bus driver got our bus stuck on a curb. So we had to sit here and wait for people to come drive by. Like we were flagging people down on the street and they had to come like pull us into a ditch and pull us out and made us be late for our, made us late for our conference tournament game for like an hour, which is crazy to me. And everybody's just sitting in the stands, all the fans, all our parents, they're just like, where the hell is everybody? But that was a good one. Oh, they're just hitchhiking. Oh yeah. We're we're walking the stadium. But uh, my, my personal favorite is it happened this year. Our bullpen got a little rowdy and it, uh, it made our coach mad though for the following game, he made us stand this before coronavirus and all that, but uh, he made us stand six feet apart in the stands and around our whole field watching the game until the fifth inning. So we, we couldn't talk, we couldn't do anything, but our whole bullpen was six feet apart around the whole field. And all our, and he said, if you talk to everybody, you're running after the game. So our, our parents were like, what are, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're in trouble. We cannot talk to you. Yeah. So we were just like six feet away. And we had to sit there and just stand there and watch the entire game. What he, yeah. what he did know was that his method would be the way of the world in like a month later. He, he's, yeah. He's hip to the social distancing. Ahead of his time, I guess. <laughs> what were you guys saying in like – you guys were being rowdy. Like, what kind of things were you guys saying? I mean, we we were down there. Well, I wasn't personally down there, but I'm part of the pitching staff, so the whole team was uh, punished. I was doing charts, which I'd rather not do charts. But yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. They were just down there yelling. They were throwing stuff. They had like the tamp swinging the tamps around in the air, we got, <laughs> and we already had warnings from the umpires a few times. So then the next time, our, our coach oh, said, Yo, nice. know, "Like that's your last warning from me too." And then there ended up being another one, and uh. over the edge. Yeah, I hate to hear that. I mean, shout out to the team we were playing. Though. They were some troopers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, man. Well, you know, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And, you know, we'll definitely be following everything that's going on with the draft. And we're hoping your name is mentioned, you know, one of those first couple rounds. And we're wishing you the best of luck going forward for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tell, right. tell Nick I said what's up. Uh, best of luck yeah. to him too. Yeah, it's Kay Weezy and we back. The rise to the throne. And the Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D The stuff you pay for from me, it's free Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers